Hello, and welcome to the Pragmatic Live podcast series, where we tackle the biggest challenges facing today's product management, product marketing, and other market and data-driven professionals with some of the best minds in the industry. I'm Rebecca Calajaris, Vice President of Marketing and Product Strategy at Pragmatic Institute, and your host for this episode. Today, we are joined by one of the newest members of the Pragmatic team, Jim Dibble. And Jim joins us. He's straight from Cooper Professional Education, where he was a educator, a trainer, a consultant, a coach, all in the design. He's been a professional designer. He's got a ton of great experience, and he came on board to help lead our design practice. So I'm super excited to have you here today, Jim. Thanks. It's great to be here, Rebecca. All right, Jim, just for our listeners, can you give us a little bit more background on your experience, your passion for design, and what brought you here? Sure. Um, I actually, my career has like jumped in and out of that triad of design, product management, and engineering. Um, And so I've, I've been in multiple of those roles, and I've also found myself jumping into education Uh, as I do that. So uh, it's kind of a a pattern. You know, I started out as a software engineer. um, So doing a lot of engineering in a a very engineering-led organization um, and found that I wanted more interaction with people. And so I moved into education. And so I started teaching people how to design software um, from a like software architect's point of view, because that's what our software was good at. And um, I've just continually found myself switching between engineering and education. And then I found in education, I wasn't, uh, I was, I was trying to write the story of how the product worked um, after the product was created um, in order to teach people how to use it. And it just, the story didn't make any sense. And I was like, I'm really good at telling the story. It's just, I'm coming too late in the process. And so that's how I ended up on the design side. Um, UX was kind of a new field then, user experience, and uh, kind of figuring out the ideal story for, for the product uh, before you build it or as you build it was a, is a really important skill there. And so I just kind of applied that earlier in the process. So I've come at design more from an engineering perspective, um, but then adding in storytelling and figuring out what the ideal solution might be before we build it. Um, and so that's that's kind of the work that I've, I've continued to do. And then I've bounced between design and education. So I was a design consultant for about eight years and then moved into design um, education for the last two to three. Well, and it's one of the things I find most interesting is your background and right, sort of the two sides. And it's a background that a lot of our listeners share. So about 50% of the product managers we work with were engineers, right? So they have that kind of brain. And then I also think it's really fascinating because I think sometimes it is easier for product managers to work with engineers because there is that same sort of structure and, and thinking process that they're used to. And that sometimes some of the tension with design comes from just a real flip, right? So, so that left brain, right brain thing. And so the fact that you embody both, I think is is such a, a wonderful bridge and it's of its own and something I think you can really bring to help uh, other people make that bridge. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've, I've um, figured out how to work with with uh, engineers and designers, and now I'm figuring out how to work with product managers. So you've come here, and we're super excited to have you. First of all, what what attracted you to this opportunity? Why are you excited to join the Pragmatic team? I, you know, again, like that um, that collaboration between the different functions. Um, I think in a lot of organizations has just been 
broken for a long time. You know, for, the, people are under such pressure to get product out and and make sure it's successful that uh, kind of that the um, figuring out what the other disciplines are doing and how to best collaborate with with them. It, it it's hard to take time to do that, and I really love the opportunity of being able to kind of crack that nut like what's going to be the what's going to be the ideal way in whatever organization you're in it's going to differ but for for product managers and designers to collaborate and along with engineers of course absolutely and i think to your point often people feel like those collaboration collaboration points slow progress down like oh i would have worked with design but i didn't have time uh, and I think one of the interesting things is, as we've been exploring this course is that it, it, it can feel like, it can sound like that, but it can actually speed items through the process and certainly uh, limit the amount of rework and loops afterwards. So it, it yeah. can seem counterintuitive, but important. Yeah. So like any good designer uh, or product manager, both, right? You and the co-director, Shannon, started off with research, right? Let's go in and kind of see yes. what the market's like and, and the problems they have. Can you talk a little bit about the different kinds of structures, the different kind of collaboration models that you found in the market and where maybe some of the, the struggles lied? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I, I think in a lot of the, the organizations that, um, especially that, that, that work with Pragmatic, uh, that there's a... Um, like different uh, set of, of allocated resources for designers, right? So some, some um, organizations have, you know, are pretty well um, staffed with designers, but a lot of them, um, there are probably fewer designers than there are product managers. And of course those are dwarfed by, by the number of engineers that are in the organization. But we, you know, we did find a couple different patterns. One is kind of an embedded pattern where the product manager has a, a team that's working on a product and that team incorporates one or more designers who are kind of permanently working on that, that product or, or that subset of the product. Um, and so they get to build a pretty good uh, relationship and, and regular working relationship. Um, and then there's a, another model where design resources are more constricted. Um, and so there's, it's more of a centralized consulting agency model where internally there's a set of desi a design pool that you could ask for a designer, but because they're sh so short staffed, you might only be able to ask for them for a very short period. Um, and so there's a lot of context switching for those designers. Um, and that, that leads to different ways in which the product manager and designer might collaborate because they don't have as much time to build that relationship. Um, and then we heard from some people who, uh, you know, worked in organizations where, you know, from the beginning, they were partnered with a designer, um, not just once they found out they, you know, had a particular new release to work on, but, but they, um, together, they kind of explored the market and the user problems and just kind of did this dance of, of, you know, one of them leading and the other following, but always together in that process, uh, and just depending on what part of the process that they were in. So there's a, there's a, there's a big variety. And I, I like that, uh, I think that what we're gonna be covering in the class really speaks to all of these. There's just uh, a product managers who are in all those situations. Um, there's just like different tactics that you might take or different responsibility you might take on or different type of partnership you might 
reach for, depending on what your access is to designers. That makes a lot of sense. Now, within those those three groups, what were some of the common problems there that maybe they all shared that are, are the type of things that you were looking to tackle in the course? I, I mean, I think one of, the, one of the common problems is figuring out um, how to give enough context to designers and how to, um, how to figure out how to include them early enough in the process so that they can get that context um, or does it make sense to pull them in later and then you just convey all that context? Um, and, and so, it, again, it's going to depend on what setup you have, but context is really important to designers, especially um, understanding who are the people that you're serving, um, how are they approaching the products, like what are the, the challenges that they already have, what's the knowledge that they come with, what is it they're trying to achieve, um, and so you might find that your designers pepper you with a lot of questions about that sort of stuff that hopefully you're able to answer, but maybe you're not um, as a product manager. Um, but finding a way to bring the designers in at the right point so that um, they are kind of able to see and experience that context is really going to lead to a better outcome. So, and I, I'm no doubt you find some of these in the in the research, right? But for those who just uh, who just aren't bought in, right? Who think, no, I'm going to hit the designers later on when I need some wireframes. I don't have time for this. I've got it covered. Give me your best pitch as to the difference it will make by bringing the designers in earlier. They are going to be able to make decisions uh, in the user's interest on the user's behalf while also taking into consideration you know, the, the business context and goals that you've expressed to them um, without you having to like make all those little decisions. Um, and so it, you're gonna end up with designs, wireframes, flows through the product that are much more intuitive and may, will make much more sense to the user and are more likely to be accepted by the market um, if the designer has more context. Now, as a product manager, you don't always have control over, you know, whether there's a design resource available or how much of their time you can get. So it's 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 not always possible for you as an individual contributor to be able to command that resource to, to get them on your team or bring them in earlier because they're just a limited resource. But um, so we'll we'll talk about that, and we also um, we'll talk about some things that you can do as a product manager if you can't get your designer in early enough um, to kind of pave the way for that context sharing and for them to, to be able to kind of hit the ground running. So there's, I think to your point, the, the more context they have, the more steeped in it. It's the same thing when we talk about working with development teams as product management, right? The more context I give them, the more they can use their own skills and creativity to solve, the, to, to find the right solution, right? I don't, there's there's less of a specification required, if, for lack of a better word, no one wants us to do those, uh, in order to find the right speed because they have that kind of understanding. But I think uh, I'm learning from you and Shannon too, that there are some other skill sets that designers tend to be um, to come to come armed with, right? From their experience and their education, they can bring a lot of different perspectives, right? And so I, I think I would love to uh, dig into some of those as well, some of those capabilities. Yeah, sure. Um, I think that uh, designers tend to uh, be steeped in user research. Um, and so they've had some exposure to that um, and exposure to creating models like personas. So if, if uh, Nahito is new to you, um, as a product manager, maybe you just 
you know, became more structured about it, um, you know, once you started taking pragmatic courses, that um, your designer or your design researcher could be an excellent partner in doing that Nahito research with you. Um, that will both give them context, but also you might learn some, some, brief, some interview skills from them. Um, again, it depends on the designer and what their training's been, but a lot of them are, are very familiar with doing user research. Um, designers also uh, quite often are called on to do some form of facilitation of bringing together multiple stakeholders. Um, in a lot of organizations, designers don't get to call the shots. So not many companies are design led. And so designers have kind of developed this, this set of skills around bringing people together that are cross-functional and um, helping them um, come up with ideas and uh, um, feel connected to the ideas that come out of those sessions. So quite often um, designers have had to build those facilitation shops. So those are, and kind of workshopping ideas. So, so if you, if you want to like explore with your larger group, um, what are the kinds of, what are the different types of solutions we could come up with? Um, it, it, the designer could be a great partner for you in that. And I think uh, facilitation is often uh, maybe underappreciated is such a powerful skill set. And it's such a difference maker in terms of getting the entire organization behind a project or a decision. Uh, and sometimes I think as a product manager, if you've got someone else in that role of facilitation too, like maybe, and we all see this where there are companies where there's tension points between product and development, right? There's finger pointing there. And having that, that facilitation and someone who's not you doing it, even can make mm. it more powerful because people are listening with different ears. I, th I think it can be a, a really strong addition to the process and the team. So as, as people are all excited, uh, let's say they have design research, two things, right? So one is uh, what would you say is the first step in building better partnership with design? So you're one of those companies where you're fortunate to have some design resources, but maybe it's not worked as ideally as you, as it sounds by listening to us, like it could work. How would you, yeah. would you work towards making that better? I mean, I think part of it is, is finding a way to bring design in earlier, as we said, um, but also to find out more about your designer. Like, you know, they may be strong in research skills or they may be stronger in kind of visual design skills. Like there's a whole range of skills that designers can master or, quite often want to master, like, like they start in a particular area of design and want to grow their skill set further. So finding out where they can and want to um, contribute to the project success, um, where they can add their skills and where they want to grow. Like uh, may, maybe um, they want to try out facilitation, but they haven't done it yet. Like the, that's an excellent opportunity where you can, you can bring them in. Maybe if you're good at it, you can mentor them. Um, but they may bring in great, you know, user researching skills that you're, you could take, you know, uh, advantage of in your own, you know, Nikita research. All right. So we've talked a lot about, not a lot, but we've talked some about how design can kind of support the product management processes or, or be a partner is probably a better word for some of the, the early processes that we think of as product management, right? Some of the market problems, discovery, and some of those pieces. But I also think it's interesting to then uh, kind of reverse it, right? If we're saying, hey, product managers, here's what you can uh, expect from your designers or how you could leverage them. 
what should they, what's the other side, right? What should, how can designers leverage them in the sort of solutioning piece and what should product managers be looking for to support them in the later processes and those kind of key handoffs? Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting because in our research, we talked to both product managers and we also talked to designers because we wanted to hear um, from, from both sides of the equation. Um, you know, and one thing that we uh, kind of heard consistently from designers is they, you know, when they're coming up with new ideas for potential solutions, especially when they're looking at big picture things, they want the PMs in the room. Like they bring a wealth of knowledge and context and they, they have great ideas too. So having them, um, you know, not just drop off, well, here's the problem, you know, go figure out a solution, but to be there kind of in the sandbox of like, well, what are, what's the variety of solutions we could come up with for this problem um, as, as a, you know, really informed brain uh, as part of that process is something that they really, they really desired. And sometimes product managers um, weren't comfortable with that or they had other things to do. So, you know, finding time for that in kind of like key moments, I think uh, really helps with um, creating a better output and also building rapport in the team. Excellent. And as they, those two processes, as the departments work together and, and the two processes combine, what are some of the key artifacts that either they share or that they feed into each other? Yeah, so um, I mean, the key artifact, which is uh, that we typically start with after user research is, is building personas. So a model that helps us understand um, who are those people outside that we're trying to serve? Because we can't all go out and research. So what did we learn in research? Let's bring it back and share with the rest of the company so they can make decisions on the user's behalf. And, you know, the great thing is that user personas are, you know, common in, in design and UX and Alan Cooper's work, but they also appear in, you know, pragmatics uh, framework. And so it's, it's a good um, alignment there. Um, and then I think from there, uh, coming up with what's the ideal story for how the product's gonna work. Like without all the details of exactly how the product's gonna work, but like what, from the user's perspective, if they step up to this product, what's gonna happen? How much interaction is there gonna be? Um, what kinds of answers are they gonna get out of the product? What are they gonna be able to do because they have the product? Um, so coming up with an ideal story of what that might look like is a great first prototype that the product manager and the designer can do together, or one could take the lead depending on where their strengths are with this. Um, but it's a great way of, as I said, in my background, like figuring out the story of the product before you build the product. Um, and that you're, you're figuring out the story, not just so you can market it, but you're figuring out the story so you can build it. Uh, so uh, finding a way to create those use scenarios, you know, what's the context in which the user is going to be approaching the product, and then what happens when they use it um, really helps pave the way for um, figuring out what solution is going to be optimal. So of all the research you did, Yes. What surprised you the most? What, did, what was the one thing you found that you were like, ah, egads? Probably didn't say that. Um, you know, surprise? I don't know. I mean, I think that there's, there's, it's very muddled understanding of what each other's role is about, right? So the designers we talked about weren't necessarily at working with pragmatic trained 
product managers, but they were like very confused as to, is it a product manager or a project manager? Like, right. And so that might've been the way that product management worked at their particular organization. Um, but we, we saw them slipping into talking about project managers instead of product managers a lot. Um, but even in places where product management was more clearly defined and uh, there was still confusion around um, what are their responsibilities? When do they make decisions? When do I make decisions? And it's true on the other side too, for, for product managers, um, confusion. And I think it's partly because designers come in so many different flavors and with so many different capabilities. It's hard to know the designer that you have assigned right now, what can I expect them to do? What are they capable of? Um, what's their understanding of what they should be doing? So I, I think, but there was like curiosity in the midst of all that. It wasn't like, well, why won't they just do what I want them to do? It was more like, I'm confused, but I want to know more. Well, that's great. Speaking that's of great. knowing more, right? Sure. So if, uh, if someone, if I, one of the product managers listening attends our design courses that start in March, what, how, what, which of these problems that we talked about are you going to help them unravel? Oh, wow. So we're going we're gonna, to um, talk a bit about collaboration and you know setting the stage for that collaboration with your designers but really i think that the main thing we're going to focus on is how can design help you keep um kind of the human story central to the way you're figuring out how the product's going to work um, and like what are the various tools that you can use with designers um, either with you leading the charge or with you know you taking their lead, uh, following their lead. Um, so um, how can you use personas as a way to um, inspire innovative ideas? Um, how can you use um, stories as a quick way to prototype what the product um, might look like in the future and a way to kind of test that out before you actually even build any code? Um, and how to participate in or even lead kind of the generation of a lot of different ideas for potential solutions. Because the first idea that comes to mind is probably not the best one. So you want to create an atmosphere where you're going to spend some time exploring what could the potential solutions be, um, and then deciding what are the one or two that we want to move forward. So I, th those are kind of the the key things we're going to go. Oh, the other thing I think it, that, that was a, is a stressor for product managers is I don't know how to give feedback to the designer. Like they get defensive or they don't take it well, or I tell them this and they don't follow my instructions. So finding a way to give good feedback um, in a way that that's um, helps the designers continue to refine and hone the solution that they're creating. Um, and then how to go out and talk to the market and talk to users about work that's in progress and uh, make sure you're headed in the right direction. That is a very full uh, one day course, but I've, I've seen part and it's going to be great. So I'm super excited. All right. I would be remiss if I didn't also talk to you, Jim, a little bit about the design practice. So this is the first collaboration here between you and Shannon and the pragmatic team to, to really do a course for product management and uh, regarding how sort of best to leverage design. But I know right on the heels of this that you guys are looking at what is the design practice look like? And I would love just, I know it's early, but your thoughts about where you're heading with that and, and why you're so excited about starting that here. 
Yeah, we're excited uh, to, to start again with research because it's really important to us. So to go out and talk to people um, within organizations in the design community, but also design adjacent you know, spaces within organizations um, and find out what are the key problems that they're facing um, within their organizations. I, you know, my hunch is that we're really gonna end up focusing on helping designers position themselves to, to make key contributions to their company's strategic success. So I, it, in our, you know, our past life at Cooper Professional Education, I think we saw that for a lot of the designers who came um, to our training was that they, um, they, they'd honed their craft and what they really wanted to do was figure out how can I be a strategic partner and how can I make sure that, you know, the things that I'm learning in user research can have um, influence and make an impact within the organization, help the organization meet its goals. So I, I think it's definitely going to be towards that. Sort of the strategic role of design within organizations. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. And I mean, I, I think that makes a ton of sense too. That is, that is, really how we started on the product side was helping product managers, you know, not just be tactical output machines, but really thinking about how they position themselves, how they do those activities that make them a bigger strategic um, force in their organizations. And I think there is, there has been a, a very similar sort of arc with design and there's still a lot of room to go to help companies see the power of, of both those pieces. So. Uh, and then third, so that's like right down the roadmap. But if I was to uh, if I was to go just a little bit further down, right? Because we have a, a product practice, we have a data practice, and now we have a design practice. But but we're looking at intersections of those three. There's such three really powerful and key and growing parts of an organization. So with that in mind, talk to me a little bit about how you see the the interconnection between design and data, and what might be some opportunities there. Yeah, I think on the on the data side, that data scientists can use a lot of the practices of design um, as a way to help them figure out what is the story behind the data that I want to tell? So who is the audience that I'm trying to, like, who's my persona? Who's the audience that I'm trying to reach? And, and what problems do they face in understanding the data? Um, and how does this data help them? And how can I then visualize it and tell the story about it? Um, in a way that um, either gives them the solution or it helps them make the decisions they need to make with this data. Um, because they don't wanna just know the data, right? They wanna be able to work with it, think about it and, and see how it applies to their problems. So using kind of that design, almost design thinking way of thinking about the data um, for data scientists, I think will be really helpful. Um, and then designers are using data more and more in their practice, right? So we're, we're developing, a lot of organizations are creating products that you know, are running in the cloud. So it's, it's not stuff that's on-prem anymore that you don't get to see. Instead, you know, we can watch what's happening in our products and our websites and how people are using it. And so data is being collected all the time about how our designs are working. Um, so designers can get feedback right away on how, um, how their designs are working. They can do A-B testing to see which, you know, design is going to have the impact that they want. Um, and so it, I think for designers figuring out how to 
deal with that data and not be overly driven by it, right? How to, how to use that as part of their arsenal, um, but also make the argument that we want to still do qualitative research to understand our users and their emotions and not just find out, you know, does the data say they're clicking the button more? Great, that's the right solution. Um, and so I think we need to be helping uh, designers be conscious of what are the things that we really want to measure with the data and uh, like what's the really um, right metric toward understanding the goal. Like the, the, the metric might not be, I want to make sure the user's spending more time in our product. Like that might, might not be the user's goal. Maybe that doesn't even fulfill what we need for the business. Like let's figure out what's the right thing to be measuring and, and watching for in our, in our tests. So helping designers think through that and argue for collecting the right data. But even just making sure that the, the product is built and designed and, and developed from this, the get-go to collect the data that's oh, yeah, going to be most know. powerful and meaningful. So, all right. All right, Jim, we talked about a ton of different things today. Uh, if you were to have people remember two things, two takeaways from all these different items that you want them to remember tomorrow based on what we talked about today, what would it be? I would say bring your designer along for Nahito research, like have them be your, your, your best buddy for research. You'll learn from them and they'll get to see the context earlier and they'll be able to make better decisions. And I think the other thing is the, the importance of, of storytelling and figuring out what your product might be before you've even built it. Or, or even when, if you want to revise it, like what might the story of the future product be before we just start solving problems and, and adding features? Um, what, what, what would the ideal story be? And then let's work towards that. Awesome. Thank you, Jim, for coming on today. Thank you, Rebecca. It's been a pleasure. Excellent. All right. That does it for today's episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And don't forget to join us next week when we tackle another great topic designed to help you elevate your product, your company, and your career. <laughs>